0: Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello, and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. My name is Matt Southgoom and today I'm joined by rugby writer Andy Howell. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon,
1: Matty. You, you and I,
0: or I and you? It is indeed. Uh, we're down on numbers this week in uh, the Wales Online office, so we just me and Andy today to discuss all the uh, European action, and it was a busy weekend um, across the board. Not just involving the Welsh teams Lots to talk about uh, So we'll dive straight in There's only one place to start really From a Welsh point of view And that's um, at yeah. Franklin's Gardens Where the Ospreys beat Northampton 43-32 In one of the more incredible matches You're likely to see this season um, We're going to get into all the, uh, the ins and outs And the nets and bolts I think let's start though With uh, the, the Hanno Dirksen red card That came late on in the match um, He's had a weak ban for it it's quite a low ban um, which perhaps does that tell us anything about the incident I think it
1: was uh, certainly the lower end mm-hmm. on the dangerous scale and uh, it was one of those incidents where you've seen yellow cards given out yeah. for it the crowd were really in incensed up in arms and you know what at that stage of the game the Ospreys were comfortably uh, ahead um, huge lead and perhaps the referee uh, who struggled to control the match anyway thought it's not going to make any difference to the outcome if I send him off so uh, off he
0: went. No, was um, a, you know, um, it was a it was a borderline decision. It was one of those to me, right where he's come flying out of the line yep. to make a big hit, and he's got it slightly wrong. And the guy's and still still thrown an arm out. Yeah, and the um, guy's gone quite low as well. Unfortunately, has caught the guy um, pretty high. I mean given the way things are these days, it's easy to see why he's given it, but, you know, and if he'd given a yellow card, like you said, the, the crowd would have gone absolutely berserk. Yeah, yeah. It was it was one of those games though, wasn't it? It was it was feisty, and it yeah. was
1: spilling over uh, at times. I think that was another part of it, is because it was, all that was going on, ref was struggling to, uh, uh, to control it, crowd were, uh, Furious when I say the crowd, the people around walked out after the Ospreys went forty points to uh, forty
0: points to eight yeah, yeah, after yeah,
1: fifty yeah. minutes, and they started walking out, and uh, so it was uh, uh, it was real lively one. maybe he was a uh, if nothing else had happened in the game, it's a quiet sort of game, and then that happened, maybe he wouldn't have had the red card. So I think it was a sort of accumulation of other things which were going on because it was a uh, lovely and spicy, wasn't it? You yeah, we well, don't see any games like that these days.
0: Perhaps it's more of like. That maybe as a consequence of where the two teams have been recently, they're obviously both struggling. Jim Malander's had the boot after this defeat, sacked on the back um, of it. Tandy obviously under a lot of pressure at the yeah. the Ospreys um, team. Both teams struggling. Perhaps the, the the bit of niggle came from that maybe. But you look at the two yellows as well. Um, Rob McCusker and um, Harry Malander going for ten minutes towards the end as well. And that that just seemed like a little bit of pushing and shoving to me, but. And at first glance, I looked at it and thought that is a very harsh decision. Alexander Ruiz was the referee. Um, But then I remembered that there had been a bit of niggle before. There'd been some pushing and shoving. Every time the game was stopping, it felt like there was a little bit of afters. And I think he felt as if he had to give a card there. Otherwise, he thought the game was perhaps going to get away from him a little bit. Yeah,
1: I think you're probably right. It was uh, something or nothing, wasn't it? I agree with you. It was just a little bit pushing. push and all. I think, uh, you know, I hate it when people score tries and and uh, opponents come into them with their knees yeah. and, you know, after they score a try. Uh, but that didn't happen. McCaskill no. uh, was legitimately trying to stop uh, Malinder from uh, scoring on the dead ball line. Yeah. And he came close to doing that. Mm. And um, it was Malinder's reaction. Uh, not, uh, yeah. You know, I was a bit surprised at that. But then, of course, when he was shown a yellow card, it looked like Malin was going to burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> I agree
0: with you, though. I mean, it, you don't like to see players getting hit just after scoring tries. No. But I th- in, on that occasion, I think he was there to be hit. He was sort of diving it, on his it, knees, the ball hadn't quite... At the. the he hadn't it was quite a chance, did And, you know, as far as McCusker knew, all he had to do was he thought he had a chance. Yeah. Well, I think if
1: McCusker thought, uh, you know, legitimately, if he could catch all of him and, uh, and uh, sort of throw him on the dead ball line. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: you know, it, it wasn't a spicy game, though, but at, at one point the Ospreys were were 43-8 up, um, and obviously Saints pulled it back to 43-32. Um, is that perhaps in some way a good thing for the Ospreys this week now, because it takes away any danger of potential complacency? Uh I don't,
1: I don't think they can be complacent anyway because so I think uh, it, you know I think it could be part two this week because I think uh, Northampton know they'll come there with a caretaker a coach in charge and uh, I think that means the team will automatically be more fired up and I think they could be trying to arrange <laughs> set a few scores Liberty Stadium is promised to be a sparky cra- clash on uh, Sunday. One of the Ospreys have got a win to stay in the European reckoning because as it stands they are back in it. Mm. Uh, if they were to win every three remaining games, which, OK, means going to win at Claremont, uh, um, they would uh, you know certainly qualify. Mm. Um, I thought it was a really impressive performance by the Ospreys, though. They had a really good side out, uh, big side as well, very uh, physical, and they punished uh, Northampton. They punished Northampton's mistakes. That's why they pulled away from them uh, with some lovely, um, lovely uh, uh, back play. And uh, it had to be their performance of the season so far.
0: So where did it come from then? I mean, that's what everyone's going to be asking themselves.
1: I'll tell you where it came from. was They were right up for it, the Ospreys, after the um, after the uh, um, you know, poor effort against uh, Munster yeah. and at Glasgow. Uh, they had a big forward unit. The back row were excellent. Uh, so Lydiot, Dan Lydiate was super uh, James King had a big game. Unfortunately, though he's injured a shoulder; could be up for quite a while. And Ollie Cracknell. And I thought they dominated the collisions. Bradley Davis, that was his best game for years. Mm. He was uh, he was superb. He was into everything. And physically, they had the beating of Northampton. And then when they had the chances from. Uh, they fed off Northampton's mistakes and scored tries. Dan Evans, again, gave a masterclass. And they had fun football, which meant you've seen uh, uh, Sam Davis's confidence grow and return to something like his best. And I thought Northampton's defensive line wasn't great, so the Ospreys had some uh, room to manoeuvre. Uh, but that will give them a lot of confidence, if they can back it up this
0: weekend. Can't, uh, we can't talk about this game without mentioning the uh, Man of the Match on his 100th appearance for the Ospreys, Dan Evans at full-back. He was at his best on the weekend oh, yeah well, he was superb wasn't he that's what he does better than most as well is when he comes into the line
1: calves lines picks ties, all about timing you know I wouldn't say he's quick but not that quick yeah. and it's all about timing with him isn't it and seeing things and you've got to say at the moment he does things in attack the app and he is not there not doing for the Scarlets or for, for Wales Dan Evans I loved that second try he scored when he actually beat the defender by allowing the ball to drift and moving sideways before he caught the ball. So the flight of the ball and his foot movement before Evans actually got his hands on the ball, beat the defender. It's reminiscent of the great Alan Bateman for Wales against Scotland and Murrayfield in 1997 when he did exactly the same uh, thing. I'm uh, uh, on form, and ability, you know, really, Dan Evans should be in the Wales squad.
0: (laughs) You might as well turn around and bang your head against that wall behind you because... As, as, as much as I, I agree with you, we've had this discussion many a time before, and it's not going to happen, is it? Well, it doesn't seem like it, doesn't it? Because for some re- uh, reason,
1: uh, Mr Gatland and Mr Howley, the Wales backs coach, don't seem to be too uh, uh, fussed on, uh, on Dan Evans. But, uh, I mean, Josh Navidi, uh, another player who was on the fringes, showed that he could cut it internationally during the autumn campaign. And maybe, and as and I would say, if you've got a good platform, is it you know Dan Evans could actually add something to the uh, Wales squad. Don't forget as well, he's got a really accurate kicking game. Yeah, you know, really good, accurate, and tactical no, no, kicking d- game.
0: I'm not doubting his qualities. I think he's a fantastic player. But what I'm saying is, if we know he's obviously not in any sort of favour with the Welsh management. Yeah, but and, why? Like, he's come to terms. Like, he knows that himself. Yeah, you've it? seen some of the things he's put out on social media after the squads have been announced. <laughs> I think he knows it but and we all know it but th- that's the key question. Why? And if this form continues towards the squad being announced for the Six Nations then legitimately people can ask questions of the Welsh management then. But until then I don't think we're going to get the answers.
1: No, all he can do is keep plugging away, isn't it? And uh, really, you know, if he carries on playing yeah. like this it will be a crime if he's not in a Wales squad for the order uh, for the Six Nations.
0: There we go, let's see how it goes. And talking of uh, management, does this cut Steve Townley a bit of slack now? I mean, Osprey's fans have been particularly disillusioned in recent times. The outcry on social media, calling for him to go has been immense. And, but... You go and pull off a victory like this, does this offer him a little bit of uh, time? He didn't actually pull it off himself at players, did he? Well, I know, but, you know, when he, where, so when they lose, it's his fault, when they well, win, it's the d- players' d- fault. D- you know, I was
1: listening on the radio this morning to the uh, England Chelsea footballer, Ray Butch uh, Wilkins, and uh, about the crisis at Stoke City, and there were spoke Stoke fans were on there complaining about Mark Hughes. Yeah. Wilkins stopped them in their tracks, and he said, and this, I'd say the same about rugby as well, he said, these blogs, highly paid professionals... And they should be able to motivate themselves. You should not need a coach to motivate you. Okay, football, money's a lot more in football. But yeah. rugby, same applies to rugby. You should not need anyone to motivate you. Yes, it will cut uh, Tandy some slack uh, with the media, certainly. And uh, maybe with some of the Osprey's fans. Though I do think there's um, a hardcore they want him out, whatever. Yeah. So, I wonder if they change their minds, depending on results over the next uh, few weeks, I think. If they can get past Northampton this weekend, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And it's a lot of the Scarlets fans that uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they can keep on fielding the s- same team whether they win both their dar- they could win both their Christmas derbies. can see uh, Scarl- at the Scarlets and at the Dragons.
0: Obviously as well, this weekend, we have got Bigger Webb and Tipperick coming back into the, uh, the free. Those three coming back, uh, big boosts?
1: Uh, yeah, certainly. However... Would you I'll, change it Well Well, you're gonna yeah. have to, I think they're going to have to change the back row because King's cropped. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they can play... Can't leave Webb out, can you? you know, play Cracknell, number eight. Tipbridge, number seven. Open side. And uh, can't leave Webb out because he won the best squad mass in the world. Simple as. Organiser, etcetera, etcetera. Even though Tom Appenfield, I thought, was excellent mass. We cannot leave Rhys Webb out. The one bloke, despite... I believe in he had a really good... Six Nations and Lions Tour. Dan Bigger, I would leave him out. Because he's I know Weber's leaving the end of the season, but big uh, but bigger uh, Bigger's also leaving the end of the season. And um, I thought Sam Davis last week, that was his best game, confidence come back. So I would start with Sam Davis. I wouldn't even have Bigger on the bench. Mm. Because I think if Bigger's on the bench, I think whoever's playing in a team. Automatically thinks Bigger's is going to come on at some stage, yeah. and of course Dan Biggs is such a competitive bloke; he really wants to come on for minute one. Yeah. You know, he just wants to play every minute. He's a great clubman. Um, so I think if, if Dan wasn't involved in the twenty-three, if they're going to start with Sam Davis, it uh, lessens the pressure on uh, Sam mm. to, to perform. And of course the Ospreys need Sam Davis to start performing consistently well. If he's earmarked to be their number ten next season, are they going to have to dip into the transfer market?
0: Mm. Alright then guys Just to let you know What's coming up We're going to discuss The um, the other regions And how they got on In Europe uh, This weekend Then we're going to Look at a few uh, injuries That Wales have picked up In recent times With obviously The latest is Taluk Bifalatau Is going to be out For the Six Nations um, Or at least Very late on It's unlikely That he's going to Feature in the tournament And then we're going To touch on a piece Before we finish That Andy's written And we've published Today 10 years on From the darkest day 20, 20, 20, 20 is it? Yeah. No, sure. apologize I see I wasn't around Then really 20 years on from the darkest day in Welsh rugby history um, we'll touch on that before we close the show ok we've got to uh, sail against Cardiff Blues now then and 24-0 to sail this finished um, Simon Thomas wrote in his match report it was one of the poorest performances he's seen from the Cardiff Blues this season um, oh, and yeah, there's been a few well, there has been a couple you don't often see professional rugby teams nilled it's happened to them twice now this season I know the other one was in an Anglo-Welsh game what does this, how many alarm bells should be going off at the Arms Park now with results like that
1: well they should be going off uh, 24-7 mm. because they've got uh, obviously major, major issues there and uh, yes they've appointed uh, it seems like Jordan Murphy ex-Lions Island Leicester fullback or Wing is going to be their coach next season but uh, you know, I wonder if there's a way they could bring him in now Mm. Because uh, everyone knows uh, Danny Wilson announced ages ago he's leaving at the end of the campaign, um, and you wonder now if whether some of the players have uh, have switched off, and uh, you know D- Danny's there doing his work, but how much effect is it having? I mean, they're just as bad now as they were when he first took over. Um, uh, I just wonder now if they ought to uh, if they ought to say Danny, you know, you're on gardening leave. The rest of the season, we don't need you trying to do a deal with Leicester to bring Murphy in now, mm-hmm. or, or one of the other backroom staff can do the job on a caretaker basis because, uh, you know, that was an all a sale of a good side at home, but not to score any points is not, uh, mm. too clever really, especially as well as the Blues went up. You know, they wanted to lose and, um, you, you know, they were in charge of the, the group, yeah. Now, you know, it's all of a sudden it becomes bunched and they say, sort of, anybody's, uh. Uh, anybody's, uh, you know, everybody's in the race.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, there's there's one point separating Cardiff Blues and Toulouse. There's another point then separating Toulouse and Sale. So now they're back into the realms of facing must-win matches for the rest of the pool. That's put the pressure back on themselves.
1: Yeah, the pressure's pressure's right on them now, isn't it? Mm. You know, they got to beat Sale this weekend at home, uh, and then they're gonna have to beat Toulouse as well in uh, Cardiff. So um how disappointing yeah. is
0: it to not back that victory up in I know it was a few months ago but in the same competition. It's
1: very disappointing because the Blues had a good team out on the pitch last week and they've got a very strong squad despite injuries mm. and uh you know I've consistently said it what frustrates me about the Blues is they continue to under- achieve and underperform when you look at the uh, players um at their disp- uh, disp- disposal and um you know the players need to look at themselves as
0: well. I would, if you were a fan who travelled up there, hundred and eighty odd miles. In those weather the conditions, the snow, the <laughs> wind, the rain, still on that terrace, shivering. You watch it it's off. You're but do you know what?
1: Do you know why I think the Blues ought to? Now they ought to. They know most of the fans who went up. there I think it was bus trips and all that. They ought to reimburse their costs. Mm-hmm. Out, perhaps the players ought to offer to do it out of their wages
0: be Interesting.
1: Uh, because those, uh, you know, that's a like hardcore fans. Huge uh, credit to them for making that journey up there. But they must have thought, that why the heck did I bother? When mm. they see something like that, you know, Simon Thomas was at the game, and he's he was despondent afterwards. And if Simon's despondent mm. about the Blues, you know, you know they got issues.
0: So moving forward, then, do you see this turning around this week? It's going to take a lot. You, you'll Often, probably get the usual. Um, talking about putting pride back in the jersey, kind of noise coming out of the camp, but do well, you see it turning
1: around? Well, I mean, despite having criticised criticise them. Blues are such an such a topsy season and inconsistent. But I would expect them to beat uh, uh, beat Sale in Cardiff at okay. the Arms Park, and that's what that's what annoys me because I think they should have been good enough to win up there.
0: That's what I mean. So, is this a, going back to the fans? Then is it particularly frustrating that they are so? Inconsi- like as you said inconsistent one week they're pulling off big wins like in Toulouse next week they, they don't they, fire a shot exactly and and they well, would, of course it they, is you know, they come through a tough game against Connaught but haven't, haven't won since as far as I believe and then they're going away and pulling off results like that but like you said they could win again this weekend and fans leave thinking why can't we have this every week
1: yeah exactly does it come down to that uh, word people like to use culture
0: potentially um, some good news to come out of the Blues this week um, is that Ollie Robinson will rejoin them next year uh, on a permanent deal, this time long term, after being at the region for two months on a loan deal. Got two man of the match awards in that time. I think everyone who watched him play was impressed with him. Um, his work in the loose, his work around the field, in defence, physicality, dynamism, everything you want in your open side, really. Um, like his father, he was a top player. Good signing.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, when I, well, I'm watching plays really well. Yeah, he's a good player. I like, like him a lot. What I would say is that they already loaded with back row players. My open sides There's Samuel the Kennedy Warburton. There is uh, Josh Navidi, Alice Jenkins. Obviously, we don't know what Alice's future is. Is he going to stay with his yeah, contract discussions? Yet to sign yet to it's say it's new contract. That. Offer, I think, from the Ospreys. Uh, you know, he's a player, they they must keep yeah, Alex Jenkins because they seem as a future leader of the Blues, sort of bloke you want as your captain. Mm. Um, um, so And Sam Woburn. Um, Woburn looks like he's not going to play at all this season. He's on an NDC, Blues paying 40% of his money. I think that really the, the Blues board must be asking, are they getting value for money? And maybe there's a case for them saying to WIU, why does he go on a full contract and you pay 100% of his uh, uh, wages, because maybe they could spend the money on uh, on you know go towards Mr. Robinson's wages. Mm.
0: Do you not? Th- given that he's obviously not.
1: Winner, if, what I'm saying is, if everyone was fit at the Blues, he's going to struggle to get games. Well, he could, but uh, there's no point. they need other positions. Mm. they need other players. Nick Williams come to the end of his time, probably age-wise, and he's
0: another number eight. The thing is, though, as we've said in the past, unfortunately for Warbling, does pick up injuries. He's always away during international windows. Ellis Jenkins, when he's back fit, will suddenly become part of the international frame as well. Obviously, he was captain New Zealand in 2016, went on the summer tour. Um, obviously, well regarded by Wales. He could potentially be become taken up by Wales in these windows. Navidi has proved that he can do it now on the international stage. Is he part of that equation as well? So they so can only
1: pick so many bat rows, can't they?
0: I know that, but at the very least, at least now they've got somebody who will be there all year round and is more than capable of filling that
1: shirt well yeah looks that's that right. way Yeah, that's my <laughs> take on it <laughs> it won't be cheaper what have you got to say about that All yeah right. I think that's a yeah that's a reasonable argument yeah. um, reasonable argument but it, it, based on what you're saying then um, if I were them I would uh, certainly let one of those other three back bros uh, leave Warburton Ellis Jenkins oh, I'm not sure when Navidi's contract now it's
0: interesting that. to me
1: that oh, Navidi's a great club man I would want to keep him myself. Yeah, oh yeah
0: it's interesting to me that uh, there were no quotes from Danny Wilson in the press release there were quotes from Richard Holland he's the head of transition yeah is this well,
1: his title it's the what head of transition
0: transition transition
1: between this regime and the next regime
0: oh, okay fair enough but and that, that sparked the thing in my mind thinking what if the next coach who comes in next year doesn't want Ollie Robinson well exactly can you be making signings now without no so Is it no. so no, good business sense. Is it, is it, it's is good it, business
1: if they consulting Jordan Murphy and asking who he wants yeah. it's not It's not. Not good business otherwise uh, I mean uh, you know they've signed there's a lot of players either re-signed or due to re-s- uh, re-signed for the Blues uh, they, uh, they sh- you know, the new coach should be having input in because of what you just said the new coach coming doesn't like the look of a player he's not going to get a look in is he yeah. you know at the Dragons there's some players there Jackman doesn't fancy and they haven't had a look in
0: talking to the Dragons then let's move on to them uh, 15-0 win over NSI at Rodney Parade last week uh, in the past it would have been typical of the Dragons to have played so well against Ulster and then followed it up with a defeat to a team like NSI yeah but
1: not a new ball not expect to lose ever to lose a new ball against them away <laughs> you might
0: well well they did last year there you go so well based on you may disagree with me then but does this say anything about this new dragons that we've got that they can shelve last week and say, okay, let's start focusing on next week? We still need to be good this week as well, uh, as opposed to basking in the glory of what was. I don't think. Almost. I don't think
1: with the new regime they'd be basking in the glory. I don't think they were happy with how the team played and although they claim the Russians slowed the game down lots of injuries ball in play was down about 35 minutes 33 minutes rather than a normal 41 mm. so they never got the chance to run him off the, off the park plus some handling errors uh, didn't help and he did suffer a big blow and Wales potentially suffered a blow because they've lost Ollie Griffiths for a couple yeah. of months who's a Super prospect
0: what I, what, I was, what I was actually alluding to then was in the past you draw against Ulster um, almost nick it. Everyone's feeling good about the region. It was a great performance. They're getting all the plaudits. Would they have been? I get the impression in the past there may have been a temptation to think, oh, look how good we were last week. Look at everyone saying how good we are. And then suddenly slip up against yeah, the side they're expecting. I think there probably to beat. was some of that last week. But, I still think there was, yeah. But, but they didn't lose, and that's what I'm trying to get at you. They, yeah, didn't, but, they didn't lose that game. Yeah, I know, but I go back Sports to it right,
1: I don't think they would ever. Lose, really, lose don't to don't in No, Newport.
0: When they not were at there. their worst,
1: no. Nah. Oh, I'm like they
0: struggled to win out there.
1: Yeah, I know they lost over there last season.
0: Well, I still beating them on though. <sighs> I expected to enough. get a
1: bonus point last
0: week. Well, yeah, no, I, the, no, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Mm. I would have expected them to as well. Mm. But like I said, they had to they, work for it. Juma, you know it's actually
1: Juma. You know I think it's actually uh, a good thing for them. They struggled to win last week because I think that will get their feet back on the ground and about this week's game it's a massive match against Newcastle because they're still in the end for the quarter-final place in the Challenge Cup and it should be a crack of a match
0: You touched on Ollie Griffiths there let's talk about him in a bit more detail um, fractured his jaw out in Russia yeah. <laughs> missed the Autumn Internationals as a consequence opened the door obviously for Josh and Vidi, who came in and played really really well and um, given the injuries Wales have got would have been back in the frame possibly for a call up in January for the Six Nations uh, but has now got an ankle injury will yeah. require surgery again that he picked months. up playing against NSI yeah um, I mean you, you've got a feel for him he's a great talent he's been playing he's had a lot of injuries brilliant.
1: shoulders lots of injuries I'm afraid. Uh, you know, he was fantastic, wasn't he, against Elster. Showed he's got a lot. You know, his footwork was brilliant. He can run with the ball. He can defend. He's great at the <laughs> breakdown. He's certainly someone to watch. And he's got back so quick. Uh, yeah, you got a feel for the guy. Because, and it's huge blow for the Dragons because he's uh, uh, one of their on-field leaders. He captains them when Cody Hill isn't, uh, isn't playing. And when Nick cut out for the season, mm. seriously injury, they are uh, a bit short at open-side uh, flanker although James Benjamin who's just signed a new three year contract top lad is uh, he's going to play open side and I mean he has played on a seventh circuit for Wales and on he's quite used to the uh, uh, position but uh, Holly Griffiths they are big boots to fill is that not the kind
0: of injury that could potentially derail this season
1: yeah it is it is because they've got three massive matches coming up now and they've got Newcastle uh, Blues at home on Boxing Day they'll be a you know, spicy Derby. Um, and then you got mentioned. the Ospreys who've got that big pack and the Ospreys did a big job on them and the Blues did early in the season. Uh, Ospreys totally dominated the Dragons as uh, for um, uh, territory and possession and the uh, Blues got well on top of them in the uh, uh, second half, you know, their superior up front uh, told you need someone, you need your best players to be playing against uh, those those teams and Griffiths is one of their best players. Mm.
0: Uh, There's been a lot of um, there's been a lot written this week about the Dragons and potential signings coming up in the next year or so. Some big names being linked with the region. Um, What does this say about where they are? How? What do you know about the likelihood of these guys coming in um, in terms of any discussions that have taken place, uh, if at all? Uh, What's your take on it all? I'd be amazed if
1: uh, Quade Cooper, of course, that would certainly grab the. uh, uh, the headlines are it uh Quaid mm. Cooper the aussie mercurial Australian coming over playing for the dragons out in the cold at queensland uh Reds I think that 's an on runner uh he's on four hundred roughly four hundred and fifty thousand a year in queensland he 's got two years left of his contract and they still have to keep on uh, paying him mm. so he probably won't want to leave for anything that matches his deal i don 't think that's a goer um Leonie Nakawari Nakawari one of the best locks in the row the fijian star yeah. the you know, for Glasgow, when they won, tell the stars to Racing Metro, starred for Fiji in the world cup, starred for Fiji when they won a the sevens gold medal in Rio, one of the great offloading forwards with team's playoff. Um, he's with Ross My understanding is that he's not that first on life in uh, Paris. You know, he swam Fiji, um, wanted to go back to Glasgow uh, last season, though Northampton had interest for him. Uh, there's no, nothing official that come out of Racing that he signed a new deal. Uh, my understanding is he would be—he's quite keen on the Dragons, mm. and going to the Dragons, but it would take a lot of money to get him there. Not sure whether they can afford it. But uh, if they, you know, he would be huge signing. But the plan is for the Dragons, it's come from uh, you know obviously from WIU, Warren Gatlin and that, is that they get uh, they've had a lot of foreigners playing for them. That they get you get rid of the sort of mediocre foreigners and just have a, uh, a home-based team mainly players from Gwent with a few real top quality foreign players mm. your likes of Cooper your likes of uh, uh, nakawara yeah
0: so but you say things like Cooper uh, it's obviously it sounds like you're not very confident on that one no I wouldn't but touch him I, I I've been I a huge great him. I've been
1: a huge great cooper fan over the years think he's a he was a brilliant player love watching him thought he was a and at the 2011 cup World Cup which I covered he wasn't called Queen, uh, Cooper in the New Zealand newspapers. They referred to him as public enemy number one because they saw him as the biggest threat to the All Blacks lifting the uh, trophy. So they mounted a, a shocking campaign, really, to undermine him. Mm. Uh, but I wouldn't touch him in the badge, pole. at uh, this moment. career. Uh, I did a whisper they were interested in Australia and outside half. And the bloke I thought they might be uh, going for, and I would certainly think would do a brilliant job for them, would be Brock James, mm. the ex Clermont outside half, who's now at... Uh, La Rochelle doesn't start every game, but he's a superb tactician, plays the game in the right areas, and uh, I think he'd be cut out for the Dragons.
0: All right then, uh, busy times obviously at the Dragons, but we move on to the Scarlet. Just the, Scarlet. the other one, just Sorry, go. But one on. more
1: at the Dragons. Yeah, Falateo, Tulipi Falateo is the other one. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think that is more realistic. If Bath will end the park coming with his services, got another year on his contract. He was at the Dragons watching the Ulster game whenever possible. He goes and watch the Dragons play. He still lives in the Cumbrian area. Um, he's an homebird and I think that's a far more realistic uh, proposition. And uh, you know like the word is he's keen to come back
0: there you go alright keep an eye on that one uh, so the Scarlets beat Benetton eventually thirty-three twenty-eight. 28 to park Scarletts but they left it late
1: they did what a game started off didn't they I think they were 14 points up in a matter of minutes Benetton went all over the shot was it defensively too soft tried Scarletts probably thought we could have a bonus point now in a minute mm. and all then to compound Benetton's problems that hothead Francesco uh, Minto who is a really good player but he has got a bit of a temper on him, does some rash things. Spear tattle, he had a go, it was crazy tattle. And uh, sent off yet again, you know, I've seen him in the past get sent off for dropping the head on someone, things like that. He's gone, Benetton, 14 players. Scarlet's probably thinking, oh, it's all over. And uh, But hey, Benetton actually did a, 14 men, did a massive job on the Scarlet's. Up front, got the better of the collisions. Uh, I thought they were excellent, uh, some of their players stood out. And, um, you know, they led and it took two, two tries on Scarlets in the last few minutes to win the game, get the bonus point and keep them in contention in the group. Really, they played their get-out-of-jail card. And I, but I thought it was great for uh, it's great for rugby this season to see uh, the improvements that Ben and Tom were making and
0: Zebra as well. In the Pro 14 as well, obviously, yeah. not just in Europe. But yeah. more precisely, the, in the final few minutes, it took some magic from Steph Evans. Yeah, it is, uh, which, which, is which is great, great to, to see. Because obviously, you had a tough autumn. Bit of a shot to the system, perhaps uh, making that step up. Uh, but it's good to see that he hasn't lost too much of his confidence, going back to the scarlets where he's comfortable and producing.
1: Yeah, I thought it was uh, great. He finished the game on a high uh, against uh, Benetton, and it was his, uh, you know, brilliance really and his creativity that uh, got him out of, uh, got him up to jail. And I thought that was wonderful to see because a lot of players could easily retreated it into their, uh, <laughs> into their, uh, into their shell.
0: Yeah, I mean, so the scarlets go out you're looking at the pool now and only one win uh, it's going to be a long shot for the scarlets to qualify they're obviously in there with Toulon and Bath two big hitters well, it's
1: not is it if Bath beat Toulon this weekend with a, on a 4-0 basis but what
0: you're assuming is that the scarlets are going to get a win out in, in Benetton which is not a given anymore
1: well it's not a given based on what we saw last week but mind you Benetton are out of the competition now they can't qualify right. so um, will that will they change their team or will they be determined to win this weekend uh, if they are right up for it like they were last week and how good they were at forward Scarlet's got a major task on their hand to win over there this weekend because the Scarlet's at the moment they've been missing some players I don't know who's, who's going to get if, it, ooh, if anyone's going to come back this weekend but they did look a bit light up front Um you know, Jake ball is a massive loss for them because he is so physical, mm. and he's got weight, he's got power. Not, you know, hitting opponents, driving with the ball, and all. And they missed that physicality against Bedham. This is a really tough game. They've got obviously they've got to win. It's win or bust, isn't it? It's a cup final for them. Mm. They've got to win over there to remain in the end. And then that will give them a little bit of breathing space because the um, they won't be playing in the competition until
0: um, until January. But what they need is results to go their way, and then they've got to beat Bath and Toulon. Yeah,
1: the point, the problem for if Toulon are winning Bath this weekend, well, Toulon are in charge of that group, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So what we're saying is, there's a chance. There is a chance. Yes, it's not beyond the scarlets though. They have got this like just point of ball and a couple of other injuries, which is a concern. You know, they they could win their three remaining matches could is the word of course but they could win it you know there's no reason why Scarlets can't at their best can't win a Bath or beat Toulon we like at, to be positive or beat Toulon uh, in Lanethy
0: ok go you go uh, let's move on and we touched on Falato here, and I mentioned him earlier he's the, the latest to be ruled out by for, for Wales um, you read between the lines he's not going to play in the Six Nations he's got uh, damage to his medial ligaments in his left knee Um third time I think in a year third time yeah a good, that kind of injury it can often require surgery though we don't know that yet um, he joins obviously Sam Warburton on the injured list Jonathan Davis as well the Jake, chance Jake, Jake Ball, Ball is going to miss the, he's the, out the, the, he's out the Six Nations there you go but let's look at the back row in particular you've got missing now as well and I mentioned him, he's Dan Baker is out for the season Ollie Griffiths is at least missing in the opening match of the tournament, so chances are Gatlin may not look at him. Um, James King obviously awaiting further news on his shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Justin Tipperick, Moriarty and Alice Jenkins are all on the way back from injury. Obviously, Tipperick back from his quad injury in the frame for this weekend. Moriarty is hopeful, if not before Christmas, then after Christmas, um, trying to shake that back injury that he's had since the Lions tour. Obviously, Alice Jenkins... Uh, his hamstring injury that he suffered in pre-season, he's over that now and is in line to make a return in the new year. So that was a major injury, mind that hamstring. That was a big injury, yeah, was a big one, yeah, yeah, a nasty one. So, but what we're saying here is that suddenly in the back row, in particular, Wales are looking at problems. We've lost Falateo, who's front line. We've lost Warburton, who's front line. The players who would replace them, say Moriarty, for example, if you're not going to consider him front line as well has played very little rugby this year Tipperick as well has played I think he hasn't played for the Osprey since October if memory serves me rightly hasn't played a lot of rugby in recent weeks he needs to be injury free between now and February really for Warren Gatlin to, to be confident in his services um, you've got a couple of players who are fit uh, Shingler was rested at the weekend uh, with a bit of a foot issue I think Lydiate, obviously in, in good form as you mentioned um, Navidi is still fit obviously had a very good autumn campaign and his stock will have risen in the Welsh camp and then you're looking up at the likes of Ollie Cracknell Thomas Young who's left out controversially in the autumn um, James Davis then whether he's going to be picked if we've got no open sides left in Wales is, is up for debate Will Boyd at the Scarlets Sam Cross at the Ospreys obviously if Catelyn thinks that experiment has still got legs then he may decide to pick him What do you make of all that information and where Wales stand, particularly in the back row looking at the Six Nations?
1: They've got got problems, haven't they? The big problem is going to be for me is if uh, Moriarty fails to... Uh, to prove his fitness. Before the Six Nations, he needs some games. Hmm. Uh, it's a nagging worry and injury, I understand. Bags and, and Bags uh, you know, it's a nerve problem. It can come and go. Yeah. Uh, Wales, they need Moriarty in the Six Nations, don't they? Don't they? Because the uh, James King is, uh, I'm told, his injury could be weeks, could be months. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Let's hope it's not the uh, latter because he played really well uh, last week. And he's a big man. Where Wales will could uh, struggle in the Six Nations without... Um, Falotel or Moriarty or, say, uh, or, or King and Dan Baker is also out uh, for the season. His size-wise, a number eight. They could be forced to uh, play an immediate number eight. Does play there quite uh, often for the um, for the Blues and is a decent player. But I'm not sure if he's got this size to be a number eight at the uh, international level. One thing you can be sure though of, he will uh, give his best. And of course, whoever's going to play at number eight has uh, connotations for the rest of the back row. You respect Tipper to be a. Seven anyway, if he can prove his form because he is a top player. But then, what do you do at six? Because that's quite a lightweight back row if Shingler's in there. Do you play Shingler at six? Or if Lydia keeps producing like he did last weekend? Do you have him in there for his size and his mm-hmm. power and brings balance? The other option, and one I actually quite favour a bit, I would consider putting Shingler uh, as the ath- athlete in the second row alongside Alan Wynne Jones. He's played, a, you know, he used to be a lock for the uh, yeah. for, for that, uh, club level before becoming an established uh, uh, professional uh, player. So that would be quite interesting to me, especially if Wales are going to throw the ball about a bit and then you need more speed in your pack. Mm. But, uh, you know, that could be a fairly lightweight back row and it wears all the. Um, even if Lydia plays because he's not really a ball carrier he's more a destroyer is that uh, who's your ball carrier who's going to get you thumping over the game line mm. i.e. like your Scott Quinnell type uh, player or like Ross Mariarty who's going to battle people out of the way Yeah, you know we at the Welsh team short of ball carriers anyway isn't it yeah.
0: do you see any legs in the little Seb Davis experiment that happened in the Georgia game obviously playing at number 8 can he, I don't can think he, he can do that in a Six nation's in interesting
1: he played any blind South flanker for the blues last week and what happened well we already discussed it at uh, sale <laughs> yeah. so you know he you know he I think is a he's going to be he's a top number eight and a lock uh, prospect and I think that's where he should be playing really he's a yeah. Monday lock isn't he
0: okay yeah. all right and finally before we close up the show um, we're going to quickly discuss uh, the piece that we've uh, published today online uh, 20 years on as you corrected me earlier. Um, you born then Matthew? I was born then yeah. so I would have been five years old how old does that make you feel? very
1: old Matthew so there you I go. can't tell you what these 20 years have sped but since that uh, accident happened mm. with Gwyn Jones uh, uh, you know it was a desperate day um, he suffered a serious spinal injury on the pitch uh, Cardiff against Swansea massive match it was a massive match uh, you know um, he suffered that serious injury and then in the second half Garnon Jenkins father collapsed with a heart attack in the crowd heart stopped twice they got it going by a look of fate there was a, a Lee Jarvis Cardiff said I've kicked the ball for touching the ball when it touched the touch virtually by way J- Garnon's father collapsed in the crowd he mm. heard his mother shouting for him from the crowd jumped over the um, barrier into the uh, crowd where the medics were uh treating his uh, his dad players were shell shocked and do you know what I interviewed a lot of uh, players who took part in that game and uh, a lot of them couldn't even remember the result mm. all he could remember that day was those two incidents some of them they couldn't remember the result couldn't remember if it was a league game or a cup game Garden himself couldn't remember how he got to the hospital all he knew was he got there in his kit mm. yeah I mean, and was- I, you know <laughs> even talking about it now it sends a shiver down my spine.
0: Yeah, well, that, that comes across in the piece. As I mentioned, obviously, I was a youngster at the time. That that whole episode is, will have passed people of my generation by. Um, but even reading the piece, it, it is distinctly clear from the people you've spoken to and, and the way you write it yourself um, that that day left a mark on a lot of players and, and rugby immediately became secondary. I, I think there's a quote from Jamie Ringer in there talking about it just became about getting to the end of the game and getting in the car kind of situation.
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah, you know the rugby was say You know, at the end of
0: the day, it's just uh, even though we,
1: you know, we have we moan and complain about performances and all that. At the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a game, isn't it? Mm. Really, that's you know those incidents that day put it in uh, in perspective. Mm. And do you know what? That's why I would never write in copy. Oh, it was a disaster. Mm. or, or a tragedy or i would i would have to use the word rugby it was a rugby disaster because mm. to me you know tragedy is something like happened to gwyn and mm. garen's uh father or like the aberran disaster you know yeah. so when people go over the top about a, a defeat or something you know i think they, uh, it's, it's it's wrong mm. yeah it well, brought back you know it seems 20 years ago but it brought, brought back some memory memory memories and when i spoke to the uh Guys who was, uh, took part in that game, you know, we all knew each other back on the circuit in those days. weren't many press, weren't press officers, <laughs> and things like that. Everyone knew each other. It was the good old days, and uh, just talking, like I say, everyone's just talking. You know, it does, brought it it back, just, yeah, yeah, brought it back, yeah.
0: All right, well, that uh, that piece is going to be riding high on our website uh, for the rest of the day, uh, and probably tomorrow as well. You can find it on all our social media channels: at Wales Rugby on Twitter and search for Wales Rugby Online on Facebook. You can find it all on there as well um, we're going to wrap up the show there that's it for today um, thank you for joining us at home Andy thank you for joining us as well as you're Matthew. Um, as we know all the regions are in action this weekend back in Europe uh, you can find all the build up to those matches live updates and reports on Wales Online